We take a closer look at the Big Ten with Tom Fernelli of CBSSports.com, and you can follow him on Twitter at Tom Fernelli. Tom, Ohio State losing to Oklahoma last week. Again, the quarterback problems and the problems in the secondary. How serious are those problems as the Buckeyes have some time to fix things with a little break in their schedule? They're, they're a serious problem. It's, it's the same problem we saw last year. We saw it a little bit against Indiana in their opener where they struggled for most of the first half and into the second half before finally raking it open in the second half. And then obviously against Oklahoma, you know, they ended up losing by 18. It is a problem. JT Barrett, there's been now questions of whether he should be the starter. And honestly, I don't know whether JT Barrett is what I would consider the problem with Ohio State's offense, but he's not he's not proving to be the solution either. So it's it's a legitimate question. But the one thing that I'm kind of surprised by from what I've seen from Ohio State through these first two weeks, you know, when they hired Kevin Wilson to be the offensive coordinator, I thought it was going to be kind of a change in how they run their offense. I thought we were going to see more, you know, because Kevin Wilson from his time as an OC at Oklahoma until when he took over at Indiana, he's been an air raid coordinator. He's run an air raid offense. So I thought coming into the season, we were going to see Ohio State airing it out more, still keeping its power run for its bulls because, you know, obviously it's still Ohio State. But from so far, from what I've seen the first two weeks, this this is the same offense we saw last year. It's, it's the same basic – they're, they're not really changing anything. And I'm wondering – why do you hire, if you're Urban Meyer, why do you hire Kevin Wilson if you're going to be running the same exact offense you have been running? Maybe maybe they just you know didn't want to throw it in too quickly and they're trying to work it in over the season. I don't know, but the good news is, as you alluded to, their next three games are Army, UNLV, and then at Rutgers. That gives them time to at least try to iron out the kinks on the field for the next couple of weeks and try to figure out what's wrong and see if they could find a solution. Maybe put somebody else at quarterback, give them some time in second halves of these games against Army and UNLV, which they'll probably be up big, just to see what they have and to see what they could get passively going forward. But it's there. It's definitely a problem so far through the first two weeks. This was supposed to be one of Pat Fitzgerald's best teams at Northwestern. They were pasted by Duke last week. What's been behind the Wildcats' slow start? Daniel Jones just got Duke quarterback Daniel Jones just really got him last week. I, I think this is still a team that's going to be, once it gets to conference play, I think this is a team that's still going to be competing for, for the division. It's just there hasn't been the explosion on offense. The, the lack of Austin Carr, who was Clayton Thorson's security blanket last year when things were not working out, Thorson knew where to find Carr and get him the ball, and he would at least get him a first down and keep drives alive. They haven't really found that guy in the passing game. Justin Jackson who is a workhorse at running back, he's not off to a bad start, but he's off to a slower start. He's not really breaking out the bigger runs like we saw last year. And then just last week, Clayton Thorson just struggled. Clayton, you know, he finished last season on a, playing really well, throwing it generally over 300 yards a game, completing 60% of his passes, not turning the ball over. And that's how he started in week one. And then last week, just he, he kind of regressed a bit. Part of it is his receivers, like I mentioned, without having an Austin card, someone to throw to like that. But just he was inaccurate last week. It really, you know, they got down early. They were forced to go to their passing game more than they typically want to, and, and Thorson struggled with it. And on defense, I I think last week was more of a did they did not really expect that, or at least did not were not really prepared for what they ended up getting from Daniel Jones and the Duke offense. And I think they'll be able to bounce back from that because this is still a good defense. So I think Northwestern is going to be fine. I, I think last week was more an aberration than anything. 
couple of first-year coaches at Big Ten schools. We'll start with Minnesota. Off to a nice start under P.J. Fleck, but should the Gophers be wary of a Middle Tennessee team that has had success in recent years and coming off a win over Syracuse? Yeah, Middle Tennessee is, is never really, you know, they, I remember a couple of years ago they were in Champaign playing Illinois, and Illinois needed a last-second field goal to beat them. And they also, you know, Middle Tennessee last, they got they got beat pretty good by Vanderbilt this year, but last year this is a team that, you know, beat Vanderbilt. And this is a team that generally plays well against big games. And, you know, it, it looks at this as kind of, when it's playing a team from the Big Ten in its own stadium, it kind of looks at it as it's a quote-unquote Super Bowl for the season. So this is a Middle Tennessee team that has a good quarterback, a good offense, and is very motivated to come in and make a point on Saturday. So Minnesota looked really good against Oregon State last week on the road. It was a big win, but let's not forget a couple weeks ago at home in P.J. Fleck's first game against Buffalo, they they ended up winning by 10, but it wasn't exactly a dominating performance by the Gophers. So this isn't a team that could just take a team like Middle Tennessee for granted and expect to come out with an easy win. This could prove to be a more difficult game than a lot of people are expecting. Talking with Tom Fernelli of CBSSports.com. You can follow him on Twitter, at Tom Fernelli. We are very much on the Purdue bandwagon. The Boilermakers have looked very good so far, hanging in against Louisville in its opening loss to uh, begin this season under Jeff Brom. But today they get a team in Missouri that has dropped off a lot since Gary Pinkle left, but nonetheless an SEC team. How do you rate the Boilermakers' chances today? I, I think they have a good chance. I mean, honestly, the, the biggest surprise for me for Purdue for these two weeks is, you know, with Jeff Brom taking over, you knew the offense was going to improve, and you knew the offense was going to be solid, even even if Purdue didn't have the talent that, you know, that like a very talented team he was inheriting. But what has surprised me has been the defense. You know, this is a defense that in that opener against Louisville, Lamar Jackson's going to go Lamar Jackson on you from time to time. He's going to make big plays. But for the most part in that game, they kept that Louisville offense in check. And then last week, that's, they beat, they destroyed Ohio. And Ohio is a good team in the MAC, a team that was picked to win its division in the MAC. It has been a solid team for years. And Purdue just absolutely dominated them on both sides of the ball. So I see them going on the road this week to play Mizzou, a team whose defense was, you know, played so poorly that they fired their defensive coordinator just this week after two only two games into the season. And now they've got a new defensive coordinator, defense that's struggling, and Jeff Brom is coming to town. And if there's anybody that knows how to take advantage of a defense and its problems, it's Jeff Brom. So I I don't know if Purdue's going to win today against Missouri, but amazingly, you know, this time last year, you don't think Purdue has a chance going to Missouri to beat an SEC team on the road. Today, if Purdue pulls off an upset, it will not surprise me at all. I I expect this to be a close game. I definitely am very much in agreement with you. So far, Penn State 2-0 against teams they've been expected to beat. That should extend today. Have you been able to gauge anything from these games that make you think the Nittany Lions will be even better than you thought? Not yet. No, it's the the opponents haven't, you know, Pitt last week, it was the offense, you know, Penn State won, but the offense kind of struggled a bit last week against Pitt. You know, Trace McSorley didn't have a great game. Saquon Barkley was kept in check for the first half and then finally broke through for a couple big plays in the second half to make his numbers look better at the end. But overall, the offense was, you know, kind of running into some trouble. But I, at the same time, you know, Pitt defense, it's looked good through two weeks, so that could just be who Pitt is. Pat Narduzzi is the coach there, so maybe in his third year, this is a team that's finally going to play some tight defense. But I, I, I don't think you could take too much at all from what you've seen. I think today Penn State's probably going to beat Georgia State pretty good. We probably won't see much of Fixorley or Barkley and the guys in the second half, but 
I, I think what all you can ask for in these games is that, you know, with their opponents, is you, you want Penn State to look like a dominant team, and they look like that team against Akron, and they're probably going to look like that team against Georgia State today. But it's it's going to be hard to get a real read on who Penn State is until they open a conference play. Uh, Iowa's also 2-0, and holding Wyoming in check and then escaping with a win at Iowa State. Will it be another year for the Hawkeyes where it may not seem pretty, but they'll have their share of wins? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think I think that's exactly what the recipe is going to be this year for the Hawkeyes. There's going to be a lot of 24 to 20 wins, and I think that's exactly what Kirk Ferentz is looking for, and how Kirk Ferentz is more comfortable with his team. Generally, when Iowa's winning close games like that, Kirk Ferentz is happy because that's that's what he's trying to build there. So I, I think this is going to be an Iowa team that once it gets into Big Ten play, once you know it's going to compete with Wisconsin, it's going to compete with with Northwestern, it's going to compete with Minnesota, Purdue, and everybody else in its division. And it's it's that kind of team. It's it's not going to be a, a doormat for anybody this year. It's it's going to have a say in who wins the division if it doesn't end up winning the division itself. We take a closer look at the Big Twelve with Tom Fernelli of CBSSports.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Tom Fernelli. Finally, a Saturday game for Oklahoma State. They're in action against a Pittsburgh team that was crushed by Penn State, which avenged a loss also as well. This was a close game last year. How different do you expect it to be this time around as the Penn State pitch, uh, pit matchup last week was not close? You know, what, what I'm curious to see is last week it, Pitt lost to Penn State, but we saw defensively that it, it limited Penn State's offense. It had a very good day. Trace McSorley did not have the best day. Saquon Barkley did not have the best day. And last year, Oklahoma State won this game, and it was you know it was a shootout. It was 45-38. Teams were going back and forth. I think James Washington had nearly 300 yards receiving if he didn't have 300 yards receiving. For me, it'll be interesting to see if Oklahoma State's offense has that same kind of performance, because I think this pit defense has improved, and this is going to be a tougher test for Oklahoma State than it was last year. That being said, I still think this is a game Oklahoma State wins, because I just don't think this year's pit team has enough on offense that it's going to be able to keep up with the Cowboys for 60 minutes. So I expect the, I expect the Cowboys to go home after this one at 3-0, sitting pretty. What's different about the Big 12 so far this year that has enabled the conference to post some some really big wins in the first two weeks as opposed to last year? I, I wish I knew. I wish I knew exactly what it was. I think it's just you know. I think Oklahoma going on the road last year to beat Ohio or last week going on the road to beat it just it kind of changes your perception of the conference overall because you know the Big 12 the last few years the general feeling has been it has good teams but it doesn't have a team good enough for the playoff or when it gets to the playoff in a huge game, it it struggles against top tier teams. And you know, last week all of a sudden they go on the road, they don't just beat Ohio state, but they beat them 31 to 13. It wasn't like a fluke or a last minute victory. It was a sound victory. And I think that's just good for the conference overall. And I think that's really it. I don't know what has changed specifically just as much as maybe this team was more prepared or had a better game plan for beating o- Oklahoma. Maybe, maybe it's Lincoln Riley. Who knows? Maybe, maybe we've gone from big game Bob to large game Lincoln. <laughs> I don't know. Speaking of large game Lincoln, as we talk with Tom Fernelli of CBSSports.com, and you can follow him on Twitter at Tom Fernelli. What did Saturday's win for, mean for him? Because you know, it's one thing to be hailed as the best young and up and coming coach, and you know, when you finally get in that spot, you know, you can throw the age and everything else out the window. It's either you win or you don't. Yeah, it's it's a huge win, and regardless of his age, you know, it's 
you're, it's your first real test as a head coach. You know, you haven't, you've only been a head coach for a few months at this point. You haven't, you know, you've played Tulsa and you haven't really had a huge game. And now you're going on the road and you're not just playing Ohio State, but you're going up against Urban Meyer, who is, you know, no matter who you ask, is never going to be ranked lower than the second best coach in college football right now. It's either him or Saban at the top, maybe Dabo Swinney. And you beat him, and it wasn't you know it wasn't a fluke. Your team was well prepared. You had the right game plan. You, your team executed it on both sides of the ball. In a way, you know you kind of outcoached Urban Meyer in your second game as a head coach. And it doesn't make a career, but it's a pretty good you know it's a pretty good milestone to get out of the way earlier. And it's 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 something that maybe you know we could build on, and you could expect hey maybe you know Lincoln Riley might be the real deal. This might be exactly what Oklahoma needed. TCU has been lauded for its offense over the past couple of years, but is it back to what it used to be right now, built on a defense that really has been very, very big in sparking their first couple of wins? I think so. You know, it was, I wasn't shocked that TCU was able to go on the road and beat Arkansas last week, but the one thing that I noticed from that game was TCU dominated Arkansas on the on the, both the defensive line and offensive line. They, they were they were just pushing them around and mauling them on both sides of the ball. And I think defensively specifically, that's what we didn't see last year, and that's what you saw from Gary Patterson's defenses when they have been really good. You know, they get a lot of turnovers. The linebackers and the defensive backs fly all around to make a lot of tackles. But while they don't always have a, a huge sack man, his defensive line generally win every game when they win and that's what i saw last week against arkansas and that's a good offensive line you know arkansas i think the average size of an arkansas offensive lineman is six six three hundred and ten pounds so that is a very good indicator going forward into big 12 play that tcu this year's defense is going to be solid and, and the horn frogs are, are going to be up there at the top of the conference competing with oklahoma oklahoma state talking with tom fernelli of cbssports.com Follow him on Twitter, at Tom Fernelli, an outstanding follow, I might add. Iowa State in action right now after the overtime loss to Iowa last week. Another close one. Is this the adage where the program building rings true here from blowout losses to close losses to close wins? Uh, are they on that road? I, I certainly think so. I, I, I think there's maybe another – Matt Campbell's going to need another year. Maybe next season is win – you could finally maybe look at Iowa State as a team that's going to compete for a bowl game. But just from what we saw from the year before Matt Campbell got in there to what he was able to do last year and then what we've seen for the first few weeks this season, this is a team that's improving. It has a lot of improving to do from what he took over, but it's heading in the right direction. And it's it's easy to get encouraged based on what we've seen to think, okay, this is a team that it's – it's not going to be your doormat anymore in the Big 12. It's been there with Kansas as the team that everybody looks at. You know, if you're if you're a fan of a Big 12 team and you look at your schedule at the beginning of the season, you see Iowa State and you mark it down as a win. It's starting to get to that point, I think, where by this time next year, it's it's not going to be a, te- a game you could just assume as a win. I think Iowa State will be go- competing for a bowl game. It will. It's going to take a few more years, obviously, if it's ever going to compete for the Big 12. But this is this is a program improving steadily and I, I think it's a good news for Matt Campbell and the Cyclones. Baylor has had a really tough start today. They face a Duke team that crushed Northwestern a week ago. How much worse will it get for Matt Rule's team before it gets better? I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. I mean there's it's just he, the team is so young. He's got so many freshmen starting. There's such a transition going from an air raid to more of a kind of a power running team that they're trying to be it's 
it's going to be difficult. It's going to, it's going to be a rough season. It's, it's looked a lot rougher than I even I anticipated coming into the season, even though I knew that I, I thought the transition was going to be difficult. I don't think it would be as difficult as it has been through the first two weeks. And then today, getting a Duke team that, you know, it, like you said, it beat up Northwestern pretty good last week. And Northwestern's a good team. Daniel Jones, its quarterback, has looked like a, a he's going to be a pretty big quarterback. He might be one of the best quarterbacks in the ACC for all we know at this point. Baylor's probably going to lose today, and it's probably not going to be pretty. And then once he gets into conference play, there are going to be some losses that aren't pretty, but it's just sticking to it and trying to get through it with your head up, you know, and just moving through is going to be the difficulty for Matt Rule. Tommy, enjoy the games today. Thanks as always. Look forward to next week. My pleasure. I look forward to it as well.